In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I will be doing a series of sermons on the sacraments. To do this, I'll be following and outlining Frank's sheet and taking quotes from the saints, the fathers, and the doctors of the church, and of the important councils of the church. And today, we'll be starting with the subject of sanctifying grace. Now, in this sermon, I'll be answering five questions. The first, what is sanctifying grace? The second, is sanctifying grace necessary for me to be saved? The third is, how do we get sanctifying grace, and how do we lose it? The fourth, what are the main effects of sanctifying grace? In other words, what does it do? And fifth, does God really live in souls in sanctifying grace? So I'll begin this sermon with a letter. And this letter is from a Lieutenant Bernard O'Neill, commanding officer of Private Thomas Connors. Now this Private Thomas Connors was killed during the Civil War. And this commanding officer was responding to a letter that he had, he had written to the father first, and then the father responded to him. And it says the following. This is from the commanding officer. Dear sir, I have just received your letter. Your brave and gallant son Thomas was buried among the other brave men of the 69th who fell in battle. All last winter his comrades in Company C were edified by his regular attendance at Mass every morning and also by his so often approaching the Most Holy Sacrament. He was also at confession on the morning of the battle, so you must not mourn his fate, as I trust he now stands in the presence of God, interceding for his old comrades of the Irish Brigade, who were not so fortunate as he was to be called by the Almighty when he had everything prepared for the great and inevitable journey. I believe Captain Whitty saw him fall, and as the captain is now in New York, he will be able to let you know all about Thomas, and I am sure he will assist you. I myself assisted in carrying him from the place where he fell to the grave. I also assisted in burying him. The scapulars, beads, and the agnus dei, which were around his neck, were buried with him. And the three letters which I enclose herewith were given to me by one of his comrades, who found them on his person. If there is anything more you wish to know about him, I will give you the information with pleasure. And if you intend exhuming the body... I will describe to you minutely the place where he is buried. But what better grave could a brave soldier have than on the field where he fell and where he contributed to gain the victory? Now when we die, there's only one thing that matters. And that is that we die with sanctifying grace on our souls. We either die with sanctifying grace and go to heaven or we die without it and end up in hell. It's that simple. So we can already see that sanctifying grace is something which is pretty important. So what is sanctifying grace? St. Thomas tells us that sanctifying grace is a quality inherent in a soul which makes us partakers of divine nature and divine life. This supernatural quality in souls makes us capable to enter into a friendship with the Blessed Trinity, who is God. That is, that we are capable of knowing and loving God as He is in Himself, and as He knows and loves Himself. St. Athanasius says that the Word became man so that we might become God. Now, it doesn't mean that we go around worshiping each other or worshiping ourselves, but it gives us the ability to be like God. Friends who love each other try to imitate each other. 
Sanctifying grace makes us want to imitate God, not the other way around. The Council of Trent says that sanctifying grace makes a just man a child of God and gives him claim to the inheritance of heaven. Makes a just man a child of God, so we become the adopted children of God. It also makes a soul holy and pleasing to God. Mortal sin and sanctifying grace cannot live together. Sanctifying grace also makes us temples of the Holy Ghost, and I will speak of that later. And finally, sanctifying grace gives us the right to heaven. Now, sanctifying grace is a participation in God's divine nature, and it gives us the power to do good. Now, this power itself, the power is not a virtue. Like courage, for example, is a virtue. But sanctifying grace gives us the power to be virtuous and holy. For example, it gives us the power so that we are courageous. Now, only God can give us this power, this grace. Sanctifying grace also gives us the power to live in heaven. A man without sanctifying grace has no supernatural power to live in heaven. Just like a man who is deaf who can't hear. He has no natural power to listen to music. Because he has no natural power to listen to music, he can't hear it. So just as this man cannot hear, we cannot see God. Just as a blind man cannot see. So if we are without sanctifying grace, we will not be able to see God. And what is heaven but the beatific vision of God? So this is not only a question of getting us to the gates of heaven, but of being able to live there. Many think that all I have to do is to get my foot in the door, or I can sneak in the back way. But I guarantee you, there is no back door to heaven, and if you're looking just to get your foot in the door, you'll never make it. We need this grace so that we can live in heaven. Now grace is supernatural. Now what that means is that it is totally above our nature. Super means above. It's above our nature. So God created grace to raise us up because we can't get to heaven by ourselves. On the natural level, we can say that it is impossible to get to heaven. Our natural abilities will not get us to heaven. So there's nothing that we can do by ourselves to get to heaven. There's no tower, there's no ladder that we can build that will get us to heaven. Let us remember the deaf man. There's nothing that he can do to hear music. He doesn't have that natural power. Just like we don't have the natural power to get to heaven. So what do we need? We need supernatural grace. Now on the supernatural level, the powers of knowing and loving are higher than nature. So sanctifying grace gives us the power to do, even at our tiny, insignificant human level. We can do what God can do by his nature. This is how we participate in the divine life. It shows that God wants us to be raised up to be like God so that we can truly be called the sons and daughters of God. Now the way that sanctifying grace works is that it is poured in us, it is infused into our souls so that there there is a new way of seeing, a new way of acting, and a new way of thinking. We shouldn't be doing things like other people in the world. Sanctifying grace has raised us higher to be like God. So the fashions of the world don't apply to us. The ways of the world don't apply to us. 
the knowledge of the world does not apply to us, except in those things that pertain to truth. It is not that we should be imitating the world, but vice versa. The world should be imitating us. Now the intellect, which knows, is given the power to know truth when we are in sanctifying grace. Now this is given to us by the supernatural virtue of faith. Now we don't conform the faith to the world. The world has to conform itself to the truth. The world has to conform itself to faith. Now the will exists to love goodness. Sanctifying grace gives us a new power to reach goodness through the supernatural virtues of faith, of hope and charity. Excuse me. St. John Chrysostom says that with the old man we have been redeemed and we have been sanctified and we have been made brothers of the only begotten. So can we lose sanctifying grace? Well, mortal sin makes us enemies of God and robs our soul of His grace so we cannot even look upon God. So the answer is yes, we can lose sanctifying grace. Now St. Peter gave us an example in the Gospel when our Lord performed a great miracle, the miracle of the fish. And St. Peter turned to our Lord and said, Depart from me, O Lord, for I am a sinful man. This is an example that the church fathers use to show us that we cannot look upon God if we're not in the state of sanctifying grace. So how do we get the supernatural life of grace here on earth? We get the supernatural life by growing in sanctifying grace, by receiving the sacraments and staying in the state of grace, by not committing any mortal sins. Now the sacraments that we should be receiving, Holy Communion and Confession, these are sacraments that we can receive often. Now sin blinds us, but sanctifying grace gives us a new eyesight to see the things through faith and through truth. Just like without our eyesight we cannot see the material world, without sanctifying grace, excuse me, we cannot see God directly. And this is the very nature of heaven. But not only that, here below we can never be sharers of the life of God, capable of taking hold of God by faith, hope, and charity. So we will never be able to grow in holiness and merit for our eternal salvation if we're not in the state of grace. Sanctifying grace opens the soul for God to live there. St. Paul says, Know you not that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? The Gospel of John tells us, If anyone love me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. So God will live in us in the state of sanctifying grace. And then in the state of sanctifying grace, we are temples of the Holy Ghost. And this is the presence of God, which is called indwelling. Now we can understand to be in the presence of God in two ways, both in being and indwelling. The first one in being, which is simply just existence. In this, there's no say on our part, we just exist. Just as I'm up here standing in existence, I have no say in that. God has done that for me. But God can ever, never make us not exist once we exist. It's a done deal. So even in hell, God is there by His presence, maintaining all things in existence. In fact, Psalm 138 says, If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I descend into hell, you are present. 
Now it is a fearful thing just to have existence from Him and nothing more. Refusing all other gifts that the creature needs to be happy with God in heaven. Now the second form of the presence of God is the indwelling. And this is the one that comes with supernatural grace. Now what we said above, God making himself at home in our souls, is what this indwelling is. Now it starts off in us by invitation. First of all by our sponsor at baptism, who extends the invitation to God in representing the infant. But then those who are baptized after the age of reason, then we make the invitation our own. Now baptism deposits the seeds of sanctity, of holiness, which is sanctifying grace. A seed which is capable of blossoming into precious fruits of supernatural and eternal life for the soul, which zealously works for it and prays for it. Now at any time we can withdraw from this grace or lose it, and in that case God's indwelling stops and His holy presence is no longer, His holy presence is no longer there. So let us pray to Our Lady to keep us in sanctifying grace until death, because she is such a loving mother, who wishes us to be united with her Son for all eternity. But let us pray especially the Holy Rosary for perseverance, for final perseverance, that we do stay in the state of natural, of sanctifying grace. Excuse me. So let's review. Sanctifying grace is a created supernatural gift from God. It is a quality in the soul which makes us friends of God and partakers of His divine nature. Sanctifying grace is necessary for salvation. Because without it, we couldn't get to heaven or even live in heaven. The way we grow in sanctifying grace is by receiving the sacraments, especially those sacraments which we can receive frequently, Holy Communion and Confession, and by not committing any mortal sins. And the main effects of sanctifying grace are that it makes us holy and pleasing to God. It makes us adopted children of God. It makes us temples of the Holy Ghost, and it gives us a right to heaven, and it gives us the power to live there. O Lord, you alone are holy, you alone can make me holy, and all you ask is my full cooperation if I wish to be a saint. May God bless you all, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.